If you want to give this a name, you can call it, how do you call it? How do you call it? And uh, you can write these. I'm going to give you these scriptures here on the screen, just kind of for the sake of time. Um, but it might be a good idea to jot them down. So, uh, first of all, let's say this together. I'm a doer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. People who try. No, you don't have to say. <laughs> You're very good, though. You're very good on the ball. <laughs> quick, quick off the, quick off the draw there. Triers, people who say I tried that and it didn't work. Triers are those who, uh, when it looks like nothing's working, and it looks like their faith's not working, and when it looks like um, that their confession's not working, they quit. Those are the triers. They say, I, I tried that, and it didn't work. Well, it didn't work because they didn't believe it. And the reason we know they didn't believe it is because if they had believed it, they never would have said it didn't work. Now, doers of the word are those that when it looks like nothing's working, and it looks like their faith's not working, and it looks like nothing's happening, and it looks like their confession's not working, they keep doing it. Anyway. Those are the doers of the word, and those are the ones that get the results. Amen? So that's our confession. Now let's turn to, um, or you can at least jot these down. You're, you're welcome to turn to these, but I'll put them up for you today since, uh, since we're going to be brief. I'm not going to elaborate too much on some things. Romans 4, 16, Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Now the Amplified Classic of verse 17 says, Who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. So we're, we're setting the foundation here with several very important faith principles. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 and 28. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. 
And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. God has chosen things that are not seen to bring to nothing things that are seen. And you'll notice three times in this verse it says God has chosen it this way. God has chosen that things which are not seen he uses to bring to nothing things that are seen. This is not something that man has originated. God has taken a higher spiritual law and he's overriding a lower, a lesser spiritual law, which we're going to look at in a minute. So this is not something man originated. You know, people accuse us of just, uh, you know, all this confession stuff, and they make fun of us and they mock us. This is not something we came up with. This is what God has chosen. This is the way God operates. This is the way God changes things from what he does not have to what he, he wants to have. 2 Corinthians 4.18 While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So in these three scriptures, we see three principles of faith, the way God operates. God calls things that are not seen as though they already existed. As far in the mind of God, it's already done. Number two, God has chosen to use things that are not seen to bring to nothing things that are seen. This is the way God changes things, by faith. And the third principle, things which you can see are temporary and they're subject to change. And things you cannot see are eternal, and they are not subject to change. They are permanent. So let's say this out loud. If you can see your circumstances, and you don't like them, they're temporary, and they're subject to change. Amen. Now, these three principles are key to understanding God's way of changing things. And when you have a basic understanding of the laws of the Spirit, you begin to understand the faith principles uh, that God operates with um, and that we are to imitate God and we are also to operate this way in the faith. This is the way we change things. The law of faith is the master law of the unseen spiritual realm. The law of faith is the master law that governs all of the unseen spiritual realm. And there are two realms of existence, the physical seen realm 
and the unseen realm. We have the seen realm, what we can see with our physical eyes and our physical senses, and then there's the unseen realm, which we can't see, but it's as real or more real than, than the seen realm. Um, you know, we can't see the wind, but we can look outside, we can see the effects of it. We can see the leaves blowing, we can see the flag blowing on a pole. Uh, you can't see microwaves, but you put your food in the microwave and it's cold and 30 minutes later it comes out hot. You can't see microwaves, but we see the effects, effects of it. So these, there are things uh, all in the unseen realm that we cannot see, but that doesn't mean they don't exist just because we don't see them. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. So faith is the evidence that we have it, even though we can't see it yet. The word, the promise of God is our evidence that we have the answer to that promise, even though we can't see it yet. Verse 3, Hebrews 11, 3. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now that's another way, really, of saying God, you know, brings, uh, he uses things you can't see to bring to naught things you can see, things that are seen or temporary, things that are not seen or eternal. So you can see these uh, he's talking here about the, the unseen realm and the seen realm. And God took faith, and, which is something you cannot see, and he produced everything here that we can see. Some of these translations of this verse say, you know, God, uh, God created the universe out of nothing. That's not true. He didn't create the universe out of nothing. He, he created it out of faith. He really, faith is a substance, and it's, and it's in God's Word. It's the divine energy of God's Word, and we can put that Word in our spirit, and it becomes divine energy in our spirit, and we can speak things into being just like God does, and He expects us to do that. The God's Word translation says, Faith convinces us that God created the world through his word. This means what can be seen was made by something that could not be seen. So the spiritual realm which you cannot see produced the physical realm that you can see. Romans 8, 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Notice it says um, hath, has. Is that past, present, or future? Past, isn't it? He has already made me free from the law of sin and death. This is past tense. So we see here two spiritual laws that are operating simultaneously on the earth. 
the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, and the law of sin and death. These two laws exist here simultaneously at the same time. And the world system out there, under the influence of the devil, is operating under this law of sin and death, whether they know it or not. They are operating under that system. And that's why it's hard. And it's, it's toiling. And it, and it, it fails. And, and it, it's broken. Uh, and and uh, it's the law of sin and death. But Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Yeah, life. The words I speak, they're spirit and they're life. So God's word contains life. And words of life and blessing and increase uh, are released and put into motion through our words. That's the way we, we release the power in those words is by speaking them out. Blessing, faith, increase, abundance. Now, this uh, law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, because it's in Christ Jesus, that's a higher law than the law of sin and death. Just like, um, you know, I don't really know anything about airplanes and that kind of thing. I, I had a basic course in physics, but that's about it. But, but uh, you know, the, the law of gravity is what holds us on the ground. And in order for an airplane to take off, it's got to overcome that law of gravity that's pulling on it. That means another higher law has got to be uh, put into motion in order to lift that airplane off the ground. It doesn't mean that you had to get rid of the law of gravity. It's still here. It just means that you overrode one law with another law. And, and this is the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus overrides the law of sin and death in the same way. So this is why speaking words of life and faith and blessing uh, will override uh, words of sickness and disease and lack and failure and bring them to nothing because you're putting into motion a higher law. This is not mind over matter. It's God's word over all matter. It's not mind over matter. It's God's word over all matter. Let's say this out loud. In order to change what you have, you have to change what you say. In order to change what you see, you have to change what you say. Okay, going back to Romans 4.16 for a minute. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now, Abraham is a timeless example of faith. And as the seed of Abraham... We are faith people, 
And we are able to operate in faith like God did, like Abraham did, like Jesus did. And that's what we're looking at today. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth things which be not as though they were. Now this word quickeneth here, that's just an old English word that means to make alive. God makes alive the dead. And in the natural, Abraham and Sarah uh, were beyond the years of having kids. In that respect, their reproductive organs were dead. And back in Genesis, of course, this is, you know, this is connected back to Genesis. In Genesis 12, Abram at that time was 75 years old and God said to him all this land that you see I'm going to give to your descendants he didn't have any descendants he didn't have any descendants when God said all this land you can see I'm going to give to your descendants now 10 years later in Genesis 15 Abram is no closer to the manifestation of having an heir, 10 years have gone by, he's no closer to having the manifestation of a child. And in Genesis 15, he says to God, how long will I go childless? The only heir I have is my servant. Now, he gives us a clue here why after 10 years he's still childless. He's been saying for 10 years, I'm childless. <coughs> He's saying what he has, not what he desires. He's calling things that are as though they are. Now, we can't be too hard on Abraham because he had a huge disadvantage compared to us. We have, we have far more advantages, far more than Abraham or anybody in the Old Testament. Abraham did not have the Bible. He couldn't turn to Romans 10 and see that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. He couldn't turn to Romans 10 and, and uh, you know, see how, how did the righteousness which is of faith speak. You know, the word is near you. It's in your heart and in your mouth. He couldn't read that. He couldn't turn to Mark 11:23 and read that. Believe that what you say comes to pass and you'll have it. He couldn't read that. So it took him a long time to get this. And God was very patient and working with him. But Christians are using words to describe and express their circumstances instead of using their words to change their circumstances. And this is happening far too often. If, if, if you walk onto an elevator on the ground floor and you, keep, you, you push the ground floor button, you're going to stay where you are. You're telling that elevator where you are now, not where you want to be. be. But if you keep pushing that ground floor, nothing's going to happen. You're telling it 
where you are. And you walk off that elevator, you go to reception, and you say, there's something wrong with that elevator. It's broken. And they say, what's wrong? Well, it's not taking me where I want to go. It's broken. And they say, well, where do you want to go? Oh, I want to go to the 10th floor. Well, are you pushing the 10th floor button? Oh, no, I'm not pushing the 10th floor button. I'm, I'm, I'm on the ground floor, so I've got to say it like it is. I, I'm pushing the ground floor button because that's where I am, and I don't want to tell a lie. And they say, well, how are you going to get to the 10th floor if you don't push the 10th floor? Well, I just don't believe in calling things that are not as though they were. I just believe in calling things that are the way they are. Now, that sounds ridiculous, but that's nobody would ever do that. Everybody understands how an elevator works. If you go out and call your dog, come here, Spot. If you go outside and you don't see the dog, you, you call the dog because you can't see the dog. Come here, Spot. And somebody says, what are you doing? Oh, I'm calling Spot. Well, why are, he's not here. Why are you calling him? He's not here. I know he's not here. That's why I'm calling him. Oh, but you, you, got, you got to say he's not here. Well, if I keep saying Spot's not here, is that going to bring Spot? No. no. I got a call for what I cannot see. I can't see Spot, so I got a call what I don't have. And you got a call for healing while you still see yourself with symptoms. You can't keep saying, I'm sick, expecting to be well. You can't keep saying, I don't see Spot and expect Spot to come. You got to call him to you. And you can't keep saying what you have, you got to say what you desire. And everybody understands elevators and calling a dog. But when you take the very same principle and you apply it to the circumstances of life, people get upset and they get confused and it's because the devil has spent centuries and millennia deceiving people so that they cannot connect what they say with what they have. And, and by continuing to blind people to this, he continues to, to dominate and control them and keep them right where they are. Nothing ever changing because they keep saying what they have instead of saying what they want. And uh, the devil knows how faith works better than most Christians do. And because he does, he is petrified at Christians finding these things out because when they do, his days of dominating and controlling them are going to be over with. So, God makes alive the dead. Does it make any difference to God if something's dead? If part of your brain is dead, can God quicken it? If part of your heart's dead, can God quicken it? If part of your kidney's dead, can God quicken it? What about a dead pancreas that doesn't produce any insulin? Can God quicken it? Yeah. Amen. And God quickened Abraham's body, and he made it alive again. 
How did he do it? By calling things that are not as though they were. This is how he did it. He called those things which be not as though they were. Let's say that out loud. He calls things that are not as though they were. Again, he calls things that are not as though they were. One more time. He calls things that are not as though they were. Amen. So as far as God was concerned, this was already a done deal. And we have to make a demand on God's provision. And the way we do it is with the word, calling things that don't exist as if they already existed. No, I didn't write, uh, I didn't, I didn't write down. The Living Bible says, God himself who makes the dead live again and speaks of future events with as much certainty as though they were already past. The New King James Version says, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did exist. So, in order to change Abraham's body, and in order to get him to start saying what God said and to stop saying what he had, he, he was kept saying, I'm childless, and so he kept staying childless. God saw, I've got to do something to, to, to turn him around. And, and so that he gets in agreement with me and he starts calling himself what I'm calling him. I'm calling him the father of many nations. And I've got to get him into that channel. So God changed his name from Abram, which means exalted father. He changed to Abraham, the father of a multitude. So by changing his name, Every time somebody called him, every time he heard his name Abraham, he heard father of a multitude. Every time he said, I am Abraham, he heard himself say, I am the father of a multitude. So Abraham changed what he was calling himself and he changed his life. So stop calling yourself slow. Stop calling yourself sick. Stop calling yourself forgetful. Stop calling yourself weak. What does Joel 3.10 say? Let the weak say, I am Amen. That's calling things that are not as though they were. Hallelujah, you're getting it. You're quick. So, by hearing himself uh, call himself the father of a multitude, faith comes by hearing, faith to have kids, and faith for his body to be made alive again started rising up in Abraham's spirit. And he began to see himself with kids instead of without kids, and it quickened his body. 
And it goes on to say in Romans 4, a few verses later, he got to the point where he considered not his own body now dead. He came to the place where he didn't consider his dead body. He didn't consider the natural circumstances anymore. He's gone past that now. He can see himself the father of a multitude. So if you change what you say about yourself, you change. If you change what you say about yourself, you change. Whether it's good or whether it's bad, it's going to work. But obviously I'm talking about getting into agreement with what God says about you. Write this down. If you're saying what you have, you are walking by sight. If you're saying what you have, you're walking by sight. And this is what people that don't understand the principles of faith just get confused about. Because when they hear you say, I'm healed, and they can still see symptoms in your body, they think you're uh, in denial or you're just delusional or, um, you know, you're, you're just uh, in error, you know. But they're, they're the ones that are walking by sight. And, and they don't understand. If they, if, they're, if they understand that you're making faith statements and they're walking by faith, they understand a faith statement when they hear it. But, but if they're walking by sight, they're just going to think, how can you say you're healed when I could still see symptoms in your body? Because they're walking by sight and they don't understand how this works. So... It's the way Abraham did it, it's the way Jesus did it, and it's the way we do it. God calls things that be not as though they were. Now, let's just look at uh, several examples in the ministry of Jesus. This is the way Jesus lived and operated. Mark 3, 1 and 2. And he entered again into the synagogue... And there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him. Now these religious people had followed Jesus around long enough. They knew what he was going to do. <laughs> they knew he was going to heal this man. And they were just watching. Because they, you know, they pointed at Trump. We're always looking for something to find wrong that they could accuse him of. Uh, why didn't they get excited that this man could be healed? They didn't get excited about it, did they? As a matter of fact, it irritated them. They knew Jesus was going to heal this man, and they did not get excited about it. They didn't say, praise God, this is what we have been praying for for years. We've been praying to see manifestations of healing in our midst. No, it irritated them. It irritated them because they weren't doing this. They weren't doing what Jesus did. They were more interested in preserving their traditions than they were in this man getting healed. That's all they were interested in. Uh, 
verse 3 to 5, or 4. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he saith unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days, or to do evil, to save life, or to kill? But they held their peace, and when he had looked round about, On them with anger, it made Jesus angry that they were irritated. It made Jesus angry that they didn't get excited about this man getting healed. They were irritated, and that made Jesus angry. And when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And what happened? He stretched it out. The other translations say, hold out your hand. Hold out your hand. Jesus called him healed while his hand was still withered. Jesus called him healed. He called him healed when there was no outward evidence that he was healed. Jesus spoke the desired end result. He, spoke, he didn't speak what the man had. He spoke the desired end result. He spoke healing. And when Jesus said, hold out your hand, he was calling his hand healed. And the man called his got into agreement. He called his hand healed, and he was able to stretch it out. He got into agreement with Jesus. He didn't say, but Jesus... I can't stretch my hand out. It's been this way 25 years. No, he got into agreement. Jesus called it healed, and he said, Oh, well, I must be healed then. And he stretched out his hand. He got into agreement with Jesus. Luke 13. 10. Now, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together or bent over and in could no wise raise up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Jesus called her loosed while she was still bent over. He said it before he saw any evidence that she was healed. He didn't say, you're going to be loosed one day. He didn't say, if it be God's will, be loosed. No, he, he declared the desired end result. He said, you're loosed while she was still bent over. He said it before he saw it. He called things that are not as though they were. Luke 17. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, 
go show yourselves unto the priest. Now, back in the Old Covenant, people had to go to the priest for the priest to confirm that they were healed of skin diseases or leprosy. There, there was a lot of leprosy, but leprosy in the Bible can also just include skin diseases in general. So, um, so that was part of the law, was that the priests were to confirm that somebody was actually clean so they could come back into the community. So Jesus, while they still got leprosy in their body, he's saying, go show yourselves to the priest. They, they didn't say, but we got leprosy, they're going to send us back. No. They got into agreement with Jesus. Jesus called them clean while they still had leprosy in their body. And uh, they got into agreement with Jesus because healing already belonged to them. In the mind of Jesus, they were already cleansed. They were already healed, and he just, he just spoke it. He just said it. Jesus, all three of these people, Jesus dealt with them on the basis of the word, not on the basis of what he could see. And this is what people don't understand, that don't understand the laws of the Spirit and they don't understand the law of faith. They're walking by sight. They're, they're analyzing everything according to what they can see and what they can feel and what they have experienced. And, and uh, they don't understand that, that when you say, by the stripes of Jesus, I believe I'm healed. When, when you, you know, you're still, you know, limping around or whatever, and you say, well, you know, I believe I'm healed. The Word says I'm healed. I believe I'm healed. People think you're crazy. They just don't get it because they're walking by sight. They're not looking at this on the basis of the Word. You're speaking on the basis of what the Word says about you. It says you're healed. And so... This is why people don't understand. You've got to understand how the law of faith and the faith principles operate or, or you just think people are making up stories and they're in denial and they're, they're just pretending and they're being presumptuous. No, you have to know how. That so people who are not in the Word, they don't understand this and they think you've just gone a bit loopy. But... We're getting the results. Amen? Hallelujah. Jesus didn't say it like it is. He spoke the desired end result. And he got the results. It says, as, and it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. When Jesus said, go, yourself, go show yourself to the priest, they just acted like it was done. And they just went. And it says, as they went, they were cleansed. He didn't even pray for them. He, they didn't say, but you got to pray for us. No, he, he sent his word. He spoke the desired end result. And as they went, they were cleansed. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Uh, we're not going to turn there, but in John 2, the wedding, uh, the wedding feast, they came to Jesus and said, we're out of water. Um, we're out of wine. 
We need some more wine. What did Jesus say? Go fill up the water pots. They didn't ask for water. They asked for wine. Jesus is already calling the water wine. And when then he said, after fill up the water pots with water, then he said, draw out some and take it to the governor of the feast. He's calling the water wine. What happened? They got wine, didn't they? He's, he's calling it already wine. And you got to call yourself already healed. You got to call yourself already blessed. You got to call yourself what the word says about you, not how you feel, not what it looks like. That's calling things that are as though they are, and nothing's going to change. It's like standing on an elevator, wanting to go to the 10th floor, and you just keep pushing the ground floor button. And all it knows to do is just to stay where it is. It doesn't know that you really want to be on the 10th floor. It just does what you're telling it to do. And your spirit will obey you, and your body will obey you. Your kidneys will obey you, your blood pressure will obey you, your joints will obey you. But you got to push that button and tell it what to do because it, it doesn't know, you know, it, it just knows what you said. That elevator just knows what button you push. It doesn't know you really want to be on the 10th floor. And your spirit doesn't know you really want healing if you keep talking about sickness all the time. It just keeps generating the same thing. It, it can't read your mind. It, 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 it just does what you say. So, amen. Jesus called things that are not as though they were. Things that did not exist as though they already existed. Let's say this out loud. We're coming up. We're coming out. Things are getting better for me. This year is going to be the best year I've ever experienced. More peace. More good health. More financial freedom. More people to bless. I'm quick. I'm sharp. I'm bright. I'm good looking. I'm very rich and a major blessing. Amen. Amen.